Welcome to Study the Word Podcast with your host, Dr. Marty Mento. Together we will discover wisdom that leads to salvation and spiritual growth. Here with today's Bible teaching is your host, Dr. Marty Mento. Well, thank you so much, Randy, and welcome once again to Study the Word Podcast. If you have your Bibles, turn to John chapter 17. That's John chapter 17 in the New Testament. And some of you may be saying, that sounds like a familiar chapter. Well, it is the chapter on what many call the high priestly prayer. And this is the longest prayer of Jesus recorded in the New Testament. It is prayer of his prayer to God the Father, and he is crying out to him as he is getting ready to truly go to the cross And he is spending time. He has really come to almost the end of his ministry. He's done as much as he can as far as training his 12 disciples. And he is spending the time with the Father, which we've learned already that Jesus spent much time with God the Father, which we should also. And so as we look at this, we're going to learn uh, more about the issue of submission. As a matter of fact, that's where we're at in our study here in Discipleship Steps. By the way, if you have not received a booklet yet, uh, what we call the training manual, all you have to do is email us at discipleshipsteps at gmail.com. That's discipleshipsteps at gmail.com, and we'll send you a a free Discipleship Steps training manual. And uh, if you are looking uh, to do a Bible study with numerous people, All you have to do is tell us how many you need, and we will send them to you for free. Matter of fact, what a blessing it was the other day to receive an email from a a church plant um, that requested 20 of the books uh, for their church. And uh, I'm excited about this. The pastor is going to go through those in the church plant as far as one of the Bible study nights. He's going to use this booklet, and we're excited about it. And so, again, all you have to do is email us at discipleshipsteps at gmail.com. Send us your name and your mailing address, and we'll send you as many as you want for free. We'll also send you some leader's guides that have the answer, but all the books have the answers in the back. And again, um, would you go through this? It's filled with Scripture. Uh, There's many other passages that you could go to also. We kind of limited the amount of passages, but really it's not exhaustive. But the study itself is taking steps to become like Jesus, and that's what it's all about. And in this training of discipleship steps, we're using the word steps as an acronym, and the the S we're starting with is submission, and the first step is submitting to God. And we've learned so far that submission is the humble obedience to another's will. See, as Christians, we are disciples, we are pupils, students, and our master, our teacher is Jesus. And we really are to humble ourselves in obedience to his will. Um, We will never be greater than our master, but it is enough, the Scripture says, to become like him. That is the goal. We want to become like Jesus. But first we have to submit. We have to submit in a humble obedience to his will. It's what he wants. It's what he desires. And so, so far we have been through eight principles in step number one, and today we're going to begin the ninth principle. And the ninth principle uh, on your step one page is our prayer life also reflects our submission to God. Our prayer life also reflects our submission to God. If you look through John chapter 17, you're going to find that um, 
this is a, a very um, intimate, intimate passage of Scripture. And the reason why this chapter is so intimate, because we see what Jesus prayed about. And we see at the beginning, he prays for himself. He, then he prays for his disciples. He prays for other believers. But we see the, the in-depth intimacy of what he's asking for. But also we see at times what he reminds God the Father of. And that's why here in this principle number nine, our prayer life should reflect, really, our submission to God. And listen to what Jesus says in John 17, verse 4. I have brought you glory on the earth by completing the work you gave me to do. Basically, Jesus is telling his Father, I've done all that you've asked me to do. I brought glory to you. I have submitted to you in fulfilling your will and your desire, your purpose for me coming here to this earth. And so in our life, in our prayer time, um, submission should also um, be reflected in our prayers. We should, you know, God knows everything. Nothing's hidden from his sight. But it's not wrong to remind God that we desire for his will to be done, that we want to follow him, that we have done our best and we continue to do with the work and the the presence and power of the Holy Spirit submitting to his word. We we are submitting to God. We want to be obedient. We, We want to make God pleased with us. Now, now don't get me wrong. He's already pleased by the fact that we belong to him. But pleasing him on a daily basis as we live out our life, as we're on this journey, uh, as we're working out our salvation with fear and trembling, which really is talking about our sanctification, uh, we are saved, and, and no one or nothing can take that from us because it belongs to God. God is the one who saved us. God is the, the one who has put his seal of the Holy Spirit upon us. But he expects us to cooperate with the presence of the Holy Spirit in our lives and to live a life that is pleasing to him, that is going to reflect Jesus to the world in which we live. But in our prayer time, our prayer should reflect that submission to him. We should be telling God, and reminding God that, that we desire uh, to truly to be submissive to him. Now, again, God knows our heart. He knows everything about us. So there's nothing that's hidden. But when we speak the truth, just like Jesus did, he's reminding the Father, I brought you glory. I've accomplished all that you've had me to do here on this earth. And again, there's so much more we could say about that, but it kind of leads us into principle number 10 on the next page. Submission is learned through prayer and study in His Word. Once again, submission is learned through prayer and study in His Word. Now, let me give you an, you know, an example of this. Go to the, the book of Matthew, Matthew chapter 26. And in Matthew chapter 26, we're going to look together at verse 39 down through verse 44. And I'm going to read that, and I'm, we're going to pull this out and, and have you look at this really carefully here today. It says here, going a little further, he fell with his face to the ground and he prayed, my father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me, yet not as I will, but as you will. Then he returned to his disciples and found them sleeping. Could you men not keep watch with me for one hour? He asked Peter, watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. 
The spirit is willing, but the body is weak. He went away a second time and prayed, My father, if it is not possible for this cup to be taken away unless I drink it, may your will be done. When he came back, he again found them sleeping because their eyes were heavy. So he left them and went away once more and prayed the third time, saying the same thing. Now, I want you to understand what he is saying. Yet not as I will, but as you will. Um, three times, once again, in prayer. But submission is learned through prayer. Because our desire should be, as Jesus taught us very carefully and clearly, that we should be praying that the will of God be done in our lives on earth as it is in heaven. And so it's a learning process. And it's a learning process because until we come to that point and place of really truly being genuine and desiring God's will to be done in our life, now you have to understand something. God's will will always be accomplished. His will will never be thwarted ever. Whatever God has determined, uh, whatever God has decreed, it is going to come about. But he wants us to have uh, that submissive spirit. He wants us to, to realize the importance of submitting to him. And it doesn't come natural. We're going to talk about that in just a moment or two. That's why this is learned. It's something that w- submission, we have to learn submission. But we learn it through prayer, but we also learn it through studying his word. Take your Bibles and go to Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12, and look with me, if you would, for a moment at verses 9 and 10. Hebrews chapter 12, verses 9 and 10, and listen to these words. Moreover, we have all had human fathers who disciplined us, and we respected them for it. How much more should we submit to the Father of our spirits and live? Listen to that once again. Moreover, we have all had human fathers who disciplined us, and we respected them for it. How much more should we submit to the Father of our spirits and live? In other words, our earthly fathers have had to discipline us. And through that discipline, we learn to submit, we learn to obey, we learn to listen to what we have been instructed by our earthly fathers to do. Well, here we find the writer of Hebrews is making it clear that we should be submitting to our heavenly Father and 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 live, you know, and be truly find ourselves joyous, find ourselves at peace, find ourselves pleasing God the Father because we are submitting to Him. Because in this passage here, it also talks about the heavenly Father disciplining us just as our earthly fathers did. And the reason why our Heavenly Father disciplines us or chastens us depends on your translation. It means to discipline. He does so because we're not submitting to Him. We're not learning. Um, we are being rebellious. We, we are uh, sinning against God. Uh, we are grieving the Holy Spirit or quenching the Holy Spirit. We, God the Father, because He loves us, He has to discipline us. He has to deal with us just like our earthly father. He has to teach us a lesson. And the lesson that He's trying to teach us is submission. 
submitting to his will, to his authority, to who he is. That's why submission is learned through prayer and studying his word. Now, let's go to principle number 11, and this is what I was talking about a few moments ago. Submission to God goes against our human nature. Our flesh and the Spirit have nothing in common. They are always at odds. Once again, principle number 11, submission to God goes against our human nature. Our flesh and the Spirit have nothing in common. They are always at odds. Now, this is of the utmost importance. I, I cannot stress this enough. Um, humanly speaking, we come into this world as sinners. Um, we don't desire, we don't long um, to obey God. And matter of fact, the only way that we're able to truly obey God is when we become born again, saved, and we've been changed, and we have the Holy Spirit of God in our lives. And whenever that happens... Um, we can then be pleasing to God. We can submit to Him properly and obey Him. But we still struggle with the fact that we have this human nature. Even though the old man is to be reckoned dead, he likes to raise his ugly head. Uh, in this tent of flesh in which we live, um, we're always going to be at in, in a place of struggle. There's a war that goes on within us. So when it comes to submitting to God, it goes against our human nature. It doesn't come easy to us. And without the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit at work within us, we would never submit to God. That's why the Holy Spirit is with us always, um, because the fact of the matter is, once we are truly saved, we're on this journey. And if the Holy Spirit was not within us, we would do what we want to do. We would continually sinning against God. And the Bible tells us those who continue to sin against God or habitually sin against God, they don't know God. They don't belong to God. See, we've been changed. We're, we're a new creature. The old things have passed away. Behold, all things become new. And these new things are from God. There's been a change in our life. We're a new creature. But listen to this. These are two very good illustrations in the Bible. The first one is in the book of Mark. Turn to the book of Mark and look at Mark chapter 8. And look with me at verses 31 through 38. Listen carefully. He, meaning Jesus, then began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders, chief priests, and the teachers of the law, and that he must be killed and after three days rise again. He spoke plainly about this, and Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. But when Jesus turned and looked at his disciples, he rebuked Peter. Get behind me, Satan, he said. You do not have in mind the things of God, but the things of men. Now listen to this. This is very important. Then he called the crowd to him along with his disciples and said, If anyone would come after me, he must deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for me and for the gospel will save it. What good is it for a man to gain the whole world, yet forfeit his soul? Or what can a man give in exchange for his soul? If anyone is ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, the Son of Man will be ashamed of him 
when he comes in his Father's glory with the holy angels. Now, let me stop there. He made it plain and clear that when Peter heard what was going to happen to Jesus, which is the the redemptive plan of God, the plan of salvation, which was foreordained before the foundation of the world by God, with the agreement and the work of what we call the Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Here we have one who has been created by God, Peter, one of the twelve. He rebukes his Lord, his Savior, his Master for the plan of salvation. He's not, he, he, it's not going to happen. That's what it's in Peter's mind. It's not going to happen. I'm not going to let this happen. And you see these strong words as he rebukes Peter, Jesus does, get behind me, Satan. Could you imagine Jesus calling you Satan? But what he's doing is he's, he's referring to really the human nature of Peter. Because in our human nature, we want things our way. We want to do things. We have our own plan. We have our own goals. We have in our, our own minds what we think is best. That's why he says to him, you do not have in mind the things of God, but the things of men. See, there's the problem right there. So right here, Peter is displaying that submission to God goes against Peter's human nature. I ain't going to let this happen to you, Jesus. You're, you're, not going to be, you're not going to be treated like this. You're not going to suffer and die. It's not going to happen. No way. But he gets this rebuke. And the same thing happens in our lives if we don't learn to submit to God. We will get rebuked by God. We will be disciplined by God because our mind, our heart, our goal, our desire is not on the things of God, on the will of God. It is on the things of ourselves. We want to accomplish what we want to accomplish. We're not submitting to God the Father. One more place to show you this truth, a powerful passage too. Go to the book of Galatians. Galatians, um, Paul talks in Galatians chapter 5, verse 16 through 25. He gives us an understanding about the flesh and also about the Spirit of God. And, and I want you to listen very carefully. Here's what he says in Galatians 5, starting with verse 16. So I say, live by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. See, here's the key. If you live by the Holy Spirit of God who's within you, you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. But listen carefully. For the sinful nature desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the sinful nature. They are in conflict with each other so that you do not do what you want. There's the key right there. Once again, the reason why you have the Holy Spirit, it is God's seal. It is God's promise that you belong to Him. But also, as you continue on this journey through life until you reach the kingdom of God, if the Spirit of God was not within you, you would do what you want to do. You would follow your sinful nature, and it can't be. So they're at odds with each other so that you don't do what you want to do. And what God wants you to do, what the Spirit of God or the Holy Spirit who is God wants you to do, 
That is to submit to God, submit to Jesus, submit to your Lord, your Savior, your Master. Follow Him, not yourself. And then if you see this, listen carefully. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under law. The acts of the sinful nature are obvious, sexual morality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discourse, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambitions, dissensions, factions, and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you, as I did before, listen carefully, folks, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified crucified, excuse me, the sinful nature with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking, and envying each other. So the bottom line is this. Um, we have to truly live by the Spirit of God, not by the flesh, because in our human nature, in our flesh, we will not submit to God. We will stand opposed to God. We will have the mind of ourselves of men. We want to do what we want to do and not what God wants us to do. Now, quickly, last but not least, principle for today. Principle number 12. Jesus was our perfect example of submission. We find this in two places. First of all, Matthew chapter 17. And again, we can find it in many uh, places in Scripture, but Matthew chapter 17, as I mentioned before, this is not an exhaustive study. There's many other places you can go, but in Matthew chapter 17, verse 5, listen to this. While he was still speaking, a bright cloud enveloped them, and a voice from the cloud said, This is my Son, whom I love. With him I am well pleased Listen to him. Now, this is the story of the transfiguration. Uh, and again, they're up on the mountain. We know that Jesus is there. Peter, James, and John is there. And as they're up on this mountain, we know that Jesus transfigured before them. His face shone like the sun. His clothes became as white as the light. And there appeared before them also Moses and Elijah. And they were talking with Jesus. But I, I want you to understand, in the midst of this transfiguration, all of a sudden, God the Father speaks. And in this bright cloud that enveloped them, they hear the voice, This is my Son, whom I love. With him I am well pleased. Listen to him. Right there, obviously, Jesus, throughout his ministry, throughout his life, he pleased God the Father. He was submitting to him every step of the way. He loved him. He was pleased with him. He is our perfect example. We should desire for God to be pleased with us. And the way that God is pleased with us is that we follow the example of Jesus. We are to submit to our Lord, our Savior, our King, our Master, our Teacher, Jesus. We are to submit. We are to follow him. We are to deny ourselves, as we learned earlier, and take up our cross 
and follow Jesus. And by doing so, God the Father is well pleased with us because Jesus was the perfect example. Also, John chapter 17, I've already mentioned it, but if you really look at the prayer of Jesus, God the Father was well pleased with him. He accomplished everything that was before him. And that's why it's so important for us that when we truly are saved, when we are born from above, when we begin our journey, when we are the children of the living God, it's no longer about us in our life. It is about Christ. As Paul once said, it's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives within me. And so I hope today that through these principles, we continue to learn more about submission and submitting to God. Now, we still have four more principles to go, and we'll do that next time we get together uh, on Study the Word. So, um, again, tell your friends, your loved ones, your family, your coworkers about Study the Word podcast. And again, don't forget, email us at discipleshipsteps at gmail.com, and we'll get your free booklets out to you right away. Thanks for listening to Study the Word Podcast with Bible teacher Dr. Marty Minto. If you have questions in regards to today's study or any questions about the Bible and or spiritual issues, then email us at studythewordpodcast at gmail.com. We hope through today's teaching you have learned biblical truths so that you can teach others and defend the Christian faith. Tell others about Study the Word Podcast available on Apple and Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Anchor.fm. Once again, thanks for listening to Study the Word Podcast.